0: Hi, I'm Lauren. When I was a kid, I wanted to be a fashion designer when I grew up.
1: Hi, I'm Maddie. When I was a kid, I wanted to be a Broadway star when I grew up. And now we are entrepreneurs.
2: Hi, I'm Ben Hanani. Welcome to How Do You Do? A podcast featuring creative guests sharing the nuances of their process. Just a quick reminder to subscribe, rate, and review the show on Apple Podcasts is the most helpful thing you can do for the podcast. My guests today are Lauren Wolfen and Maddie Mayo, the co-founders of Camber. The two friends struck up a working relationship based on a mutual interest and frustration with sharing travel recommendations amongst their friends. The duo channeled their angst into creating Camber, which is a beta app that allows you to list your favorite places by city, follow friends to see theirs, and view those recommendations on an all-inclusive map view. It's a place for you to share your favorite spots, plan your next adventure, and discover near or far. Or as they like to say, Camber is a place for places. Without further ado, welcome to the pod, Maddie and Lauren.
0: Hello. Hey, we're so happy to be here
2: honored to have you both in full transparency maddie is my girlfriend so if it sounds like we're close it's because we're literally recording this in our apartment right now so let's get into it i am excited this has been a long time in the works and i would love to start at the very beginning how you both first got the idea for camber and when you ultimately realized it was an idea worth seriously pursuing
0: i would say the very beginning of the idea came because I always texted Maddie for her travel recs. Like I knew, I remember planning a trip to Seattle and I said to Mads, where did you go? That inevitable text, where did you go when you went to Seattle? Because I love how she travels. I know that she has the best taste. She does her research and she finds the coolest spots. Like maybe not the spots that I would read about on like your typical travel guide or like a must-see list of visiting Seattle for the first time. And I had to then save her text and I sorted it day by day to fit in with my own schedule. And it was so labor intensive for like a 36 hour trip. And I know this is like champagne problems, but alas, I said to Maddie, there has to be a better way to do this. And at the time we were not working at our our first job where we first met any longer. And I think we were both itching to do something of our own. And that's really how the idea was birthed, we thought about what, well, what could we make of this? Yeah. We always knew that we
1: had such a great working relationship because Lauren was actually my boss at my first job ever out of college, which was such a blessing because it already solidified how great we work well together. And then we remained friends. So we knew we were also friends. And we always thought we are going to make something together. We have this entrepreneurial itch that we wanted to scratch. And that was really a pain point that kept coming up for both of us. You know, we just didn't understand why there wasn't a streamlined way to ask your friends to share all of those travel recs. And then again, to see it on a beautiful interface and map view. I think that's something that's so important to us is that we really, yes, you could send a Google doc. Yes, you could send an email or a screenshot of the notes app, but then it's on the it's the burden that becomes on the traveler to then sort things and put it all on google maps and do even further research and it was just really disjointed and we wanted to create a solution that felt really authentic to us
2: credit to both of you because i think a lot of people have ideas for apps it comes up in a lot of casual conversations oh this should be an app and i think a lot of people then just leave it at that or they just don't feel compelled to pursue it for whatever reason you both decided to keep on going. And I think a lot of people who feel passionately about building an app, a lot of them just don't know where to start. And so when you realized this was something you wanted to at least entertain or consider the possibility of, what were the first steps you both took?
1: Yeah, the very, very first thing that, happened was I went over to where Lauren was living at the time at her grandparents' apartment and we just kind of ideated what we were thinking. So we had, we kind of drew out very very low-fi wireframes. We still have them in our Google Drive. It's we're saving them for the documentary, you know. And we just you know put it all on paper. We just kind of wrote out what the idea would be. What were the what were the features? What were things that the user could do on an app like this? And then something that we kept coming back to was we want this to feel different than any other app we want the interface to be completely unique very design forward and we knew branding was going to be a part of camber where we win and where we have that competitive advantage so honestly the first even investment into camber was creating the brand we knew that that was gonna be the foundation for the look and feel for everything associated with the brand itself I think a lot of companies you know try to skip that step because they don't think it's as important to you know they would think oh it's just color palettes or it's logo but to us it was a feeling that we wanted to capture and an essence that that we needed to define camber by so we looked up you know brands that we love uh we fell a- across the branding agency that did Olipop, which is that soda that everyone loves, the healthy soda, you see it, Erwan. And they had the best branding, so we just looked up who who did it. Uh, it was a company called Break Maiden. We got on the phone with them. They're these two cool guys from Florida, and they did the whole Canberra brand. This was before we even had a developer, before we even started the actual product. We just needed to create the world first.
0: Yeah, one of the things that has helped us along the way though, like with every single step as Maddie was saying of we we wanted to create this world of camber. We didn't have the name at the time and we we didn't know we've never known how to do each step or like if there's a way to do us like each of these steps. We had never done this before. We're first time entrepreneurs. And so I think so much of what we've been able to accomplish has been us just let's let's google it. Let's Let's look at things we like and figure out how they did it and like doing a lot of research and not being afraid to contact anyone at any time to say, mate, you've done this before successfully. How did you do it? Or maybe you could give us an introduction to so-and-so and the worst case they're going to say no, or maybe they ghost you. Like you, it goes into the ether. You never hear from them again. But so much of, I think of what we've been able to accomplish has been us just like putting ourselves out there and seeing what we might get back.
1: And also, I think we doing our due diligence. That's so true. Like we could have just hired Break Maiden because we loved their oh, work, yeah. On but the spot. we we actually get asked them for references. We spoke to someone from Olipop to make sure that they were amazing to work true. with, and they they had glowing reviews. So, and that's something I think that I've learned from you, Lauren, is you're always extremely thorough with these types of processes. And it's like, hey, let's get references. Let's talk to everyone that's ever worked with them. And it's, you know, I'm more so of like, oh, let's just let's just go. Like, they're amazing. But it's but it has helped us, I think, so that we don't have blockers in the future. Right. There's like this proactiveness about making sure that although we are scrappy, although we we work fast and nimble, we still need to make sure that the the step we're taking next is the right one.
0: Right. And I think that makes us a good balance because I am the one who's like, no, let's do our due diligence yeah, throughout yeah, yeah. the whole thing. <laughs> but there, there comes a point where it's like, all right, we're spinning our wheels. Like, gotta, gotta make a decision. Gotta go. And mad's so good at being like, you know, we've done our work, our research, and our work, and like, let's, let this is it. Go. Mm-hmm. And let's go forward. Yeah.
2: You clearly both have different styles that have worked together, and what I'm hearing is that, you know, you were saying that at every step of the way, you Googled and you figured out what to do, how to proceed best. And I think that's really important to people who might be thinking about making an app, but they're worried about some of these blockers you're talking about. Like, what, what do I do? Well, you could Google. And then what you did, which I think is great, is you didn't just ask people who you admire to generally pick their brain. You went in with really targeted, specific questions based on research you had done. You weren't going to them with things you could have just found on Google because you had already gone through that step. That's what led you to those people. And because you had done research, you knew to ask follow-ups like, can we speak with some of your references? As opposed to, okay, great. (laughs) Um, But then once you had the information you needed and you felt informed enough, you were able to make a decision. I think all of this is really important, especially to entrepreneurs, definitely outside of that as well. But
1: I think something yeah. to remember as an entrepreneur and what I'm learning every day as I, so I, two months ago started working on Canberra for full time. And I remember we're right in the process right now of hiring an internal software engineer, so someone to help us, uh, you know, be the third founding member of our team. And I remember talking to my sister, who's also an entrepreneur, and saying, I don't know how to hire for a technical role. I am not. An engineer. I'm not technical. How do I even begin to start this process? And we've already learned so much. And so I think what I'm trying to say is anyone who's listening, who is afraid to start because they don't know how to do it. Believe me when I say that everyone else doesn't know what they no doesn't want no. to do it. So, like, even when I when we first when I first started working full time uh, at Camber, we were basically like HR. We had to like research health insurance. You know what I mean? It's like we I I'm running my own payroll. Like it's just like you figure it out and you just and it's really not. As scary as once you're in it and you really piece it together, it really isn't as scary as as what you make it up into your head. So just kind of breaking it down into those bites, right?
2: You're talking about how you have got into a place where you're doing it full time and you're hiring internally after having worked with agencies. How did you come to that to that realization? What are for those who aren't familiar? What are the pros and cons of working with an agency? When do you think it's most ideal and and what spurred you to transition to internal hiring?
0: I think for us, we we've always had the intention of wanting to one, bring on someone technical. Matt, since Maddie and I are both non-technical founders, creating an app, we knew our very first hire, any dollars we're throwing at at a hire is have to has to be someone technical, no question. But I think for people, kind of to Maddie's earlier point of when you're setting out to do something and one of your points to Ben, having an idea and you're like i don't even know where i would start with this idea or obviously for us we don't have technical skills so we better find someone who can code this app that we have in our heads is it really has been helpful to us at least from the beginning to outsource as much as possible and understand like i think something maddie and i learned really well and very early on in our first jobs together was to be super resourceful and scrappy. Like, where should you spend the money? Whereas where where can you just like try to find like a cheaper workaround or like we fill in and bridge the gap? Because like Maddie said, there's no one else to be running the payroll. We're going to run the payroll. Like, you know, we're not going to go hire people for things that we can do right now. When we get to the point and we got to this point, I think where we had our MVP app and we were for, for maybe people listening, most minimum viable product app that's like a beta. People are using it, and we're now ready to go into adding some additional features and really starting to build out the next phase of the app. I think this was the point that Maddie and I knew once we got here, we would be ready for someone to come on to be that like third founding member with us, which is a big ask too. Like we are now looking to expand what is we know such a fantastic working relationship and and bring on the third, and so it's a, a difficult realization to come to, but also a necessary one and one that we were always working towards.
2: You've alluded to how you're in beta right now. You're a beta app. What does that, what does that look like in the sense of, you know, you guys decided to, uh, to someone like me, I, I had no idea like what the pros and cons of this were of proceeding with a beta app where people have to download it versus being on the app store, which is a a little different. I I actually wasn't familiar with the differences of being like on test flight, which is where you can download apps to test versus being like officially on the app store. What was the guiding force that made you want to proceed with that route as opposed to just straight to the app store once you felt like you had the MVP app?
1: Yeah, so our decision to go into beta first, and to be completely honest, it's just a lot lower stakes. And it also helps you to regulate and understand your user base, keeping it small, keeping it manageable. Usually a beta test is, you know, not more than a couple thousand users or so. It kind of depends on the scale, but we really wanted to just see how people were using it, be able to reiterate, go back to the drawing board, figure out what they wanted without that pressure of it being already in the app store, you know, we could catch things if there were bugs really quickly, just learn faster in that in that testing environment. So, a lot of people do this, they do they do test flight and it's kind of a nice way to learn about your customers and test out new features without the dauntingness of like having it actually there. It's just like a middle step if you will, but honestly, it's I'm so glad we did this. You know, we were going back and forth. We could have put it in the App Store right away, but we right. didn't feel ready, and honestly, I I think it's fine to go slower at certain times. I think people are so in a rush to just put something out in the App Store even if it's broken. And honestly, I I sometimes agree with that philosophy of like it's never going to be perfect, like you just have to put it out there, but we just wanted it to get a little more polished and understand our our audience a little more before we uh, put it out into the app store so we are going to be and it, and then it was actually it was the perfect decision because yeah. we noticed something was actually wrong our developers said that they would need 2 months to fix something on the back end that was slowing down the performance of the app and we're so happy we caught that in beta cuz if we didn't it would have been really really terrible to have it in the app store. Another thing is that, you know, down the line, if we did want to raise venture capital, they take into consideration those analytics from any time you're in the app store, right? So they are a lot more strict with the type of analytics and the type of metrics that you should be tracking and if you know if you're kind of in a beta phase on the app store they'll take those metrics and be like wait why isn't your retention rate greater why is it why don't you have millions of users yet you know but you're like no we just started we're just trying to so those are the kind of things to take into consideration uh when you're when you're debating and so in the next 2 months we should be going to the app store once this back end performance issue is resolved and then we'll from there, reiterate and introduce new features and kind of roll it out slowly there once we know the stability and yeah. the yeah. foundation is good.
2: Right now, you have this tight-knit community of people using the beta app, and you're getting to know the users on a pretty personal level. Can you talk about how you've built a sense of community? Because I know that has been something very important to the Canberra mission.
0: Yeah, I've been so impressed. Even before we had our beta ready and available to the public, the amount of people that were following along on this journey with us. And what continues to amaze me throughout all of this is that I would say Maddie and my strength, are like the marketing branding side of things, community growth and management. And everything we've done on that front has been completely organic. Like we have not spent a dollar towards email marketing or paying for ads on social or branded search, anything like this, um, which I think is definitely like, you know, it'll be in the future when we are really in a critical growth phase, but to hit our beta user goal without a single dollar towards this was fantastic. And I think just goes towards the strength of the idea, like Maddie has made a TikTok about product market fit. I think people, the timing has been very interesting too, coming out of COVID where people I think are interested to find new places locally. And that's a big part of the app is local discovery, but also globally, if they are planning trips or getting out of their own neighborhood, So all of this to say the community has, I think, very organically found us as well, like via on Instagram and on TikTok uh, especially. And then also us a little bit, Maddie can probably speak to this more better than I can. Like we have found even a smaller group of people within that who are talking to us all the time via Geneva, which has been a really cool touch point to hear to get beta feedback from kind of our our super users, like people who are really excited about the app and want to give their their input.
1: Yeah, I think community is everything. I think a lot of brands are trying to backtrack now and trying to place more emphasis on community, whereas it really, I feel like, has to start from the beginning of of a company and of an organization. And I just, I've learned from my podcast, OK Sis, and the community that we built there that it is everything. It's your audience. It's the people that are going to rally behind you. It's the people that are going to support you. And also it's like, what is, what, it's so much more fulfilling to have this band and this army with you to, you know, hype you up and to really be excited about everything with your app. So honestly, it never should feel forced. And I think a yeah. lot of companies right now are trying to force it and trying to be like, we need to be a community. And it's like, all right. For us, it was always like, this is an like get, it goes back to the branding. I think a lot of True. people – gravitate towards the world that we've created around camper whether it's the colors whether it's the you know fun graphics and this boldness that comes out of it people want to have an ownership in it in a way. So you know we've thought about all these things like this none of this like happened accidentally but it was also out of like fun. I don't know I just don't want people to be so bland about it all the time and also when we sought out to create a company, Lord and I always said, We need this to be fun. If it's not fun, then we're not going to do it. Like, what is the point of creating a company if you're just not going to have enjoyable time? So, you know, with TikTok, I obviously you know, spend way too much time on TikTok. So that kind of led to our bet, like benefited us because yes, we were yes. able to understand the trends, understand the landscape of TikTok. And I think we got in there early in terms of showing up as a brand. And also, you know, I'm very comfortable being out on the internet. So it was like very easy for me to transition to, uh, you know,
0: I kind of had to Get Lord out of her shell a little bit. I was say, I I have to credit Maddie for this incredible community that is surrounding Camber so far. Like she she really had to pull me to be like Lauren. TikTok is the way. Like TikTok is to, the way, and she was you like, you need Tik-tok. to see the future. And I'm yeah. like, what is it? She sat there and gave me TikTok lessons. Oh yeah, and, but I love it now. Like I grew up doing like visual arts and i feel like this is the next expression of like you're creating this cute little video on TikTok. absolutely
1: and then one other thing i wanted to mention was and lauren you had said it about the local discovery so if camber to us like although yes we say that we're a travel app like i never really wanted us to be like an itinerary building app or more of a like a logistics travel app it right. had to be something with People at the center of it and the community at the center of it. Because if you're not, if you're on camper without friends, you actually can't use the app because you won't see any recommendations. So, and you won't see any results. The whole point is that you're supposed to have a network, you're supposed to have a community on the app for it to even work. And we call everyone local tourists. And, you know, one of our favorite use cases. For Camber, it's not only just about planning a future trip, but also, you know, going to a new part of your, of the city that you already live in and discovering a new place that you would have never otherwise known about if it wasn't that your friend had just recommended it nearby. So I just I think that is where I find the most value. I mean, the other day yeah. we live in Los Angeles, so the other day I went to Silver Lake and I, you know, I don't make it out there often, but I wanted just to see if there were any new spots, any new places. So I checked out Camber and I noticed that someone had added this new natural wine shop called Camp, K-A-M-P. And I just, it literally had opened a week before. So obviously I had so never cool. heard of it. And I went there. It was adorable. I took like a whole video for, to cover TikTok. And I was like, this is, like, this is this is Camber. That's it. Like that is the point. And I, and I even, even texted, um, the girl that had recommended it and, you know, coming out soon, you'll be able to do that in the app. But in that moment I texted her and I was like, Oh my God, I just discovered this on Camber because of you. And it's makes that person also feel special because you then have had a delightful experience based on a place that they have recommended, which is an amazing feeling.
2: There were so many things being said that i really loved i want to briefly touch on a few of them one to your point about local discovery i think that is one of the things that i find makes camber superior to other apps in the tra- so-called travel space because you're getting it from people you trust which is already makes it separate from something like yelp or tripadvisor for example And two, the local aspect of it makes it something that I would use year round constantly, as opposed to an itinerary app, which could be very helpful. But if I'm someone like most people who only goes on vacation two to four times a year, that doesn't make for a very sticky product. So the fact that it enables me to discover things around the corner, a few blocks away, or in a part of my city that, you know, if like Maddie, I'm I'm going out there occasionally and I wanna see what's new while I'm there, this is something that I can turn to more frequently than just a few times a year. So already I think that's brilliant. Your point about building a community even before you had a product, I think is very overlooked. And I remember when Maddie first said the word pre-launch campaign to me, I don't even know what that meant. <laughs> um, and then, you know, you showed me, you showed me brands and, and entrepreneurs that were trying to build up a following even before their product was available. And I think some of the greatest entrepreneurs do that. Like you you look at Apple, the way they get you excited about, you know, the next iPhone that's coming out, the way they build out hype or more locally. If we look at Alfred, Alfred is, you know, I had the founder, Josh, on my podcast a while ago, and he is so good at getting people excited about a product that's not out yet. We talked, I think, on that episode about Kali Dodd, his beer line and just building up excitement for a new Southern California-based alcohol, a, a beer that we can call our own, not, not a crazy IPA. He found something that didn't really exist, got people excited about it before cans were even available. And that's kind of a similar ethos that I've found in Camber. You've talked so lovingly about your community. I've also seen how tough it can be on a day-to-day level. And you were saying, Maddie you want it to be fun. I would say yes, and it's not fun a hundred percent of the time i think that's that's uh you you aspire for it to be fun and to to the extent you can control it it shall be fun and sometimes it's out of your control and hopefully that's a very small amount of the time but there are people you know who it's just the nature of the internet who will troll you who will say things who will say like how is this different from x or y or z and fortunately you have a community who loves you and you can rally around them but in those moments where you have to deal with adversity whether it's Somebody asking you how you're different from a competitor or somebody who just doesn't quite get what you're doing. How do you recenter yourself and come back to your mission?
0: Okay, first, I have to deliver my love letter to Maddie, my co founder. Like we, we both say to each other all the time, like we couldn't do this on our own. And it, it not, not like would not be able to. Like, yes, I'm sure could figure it out on your own, but it, it, it would not be fun. It, it wouldn't, in those Deep darkest moments, Maddie and I know that we have each other. We are in the in the trenches together and like we'll weather any storm together. To me, that is like beyond wildest dreams in, in a co-founder and someone to work with who, like Maddie said, like, like we're like friends and knew that we could work so well together. And I mean, every working session we have is like, Oh, did you do that thing for social or send that email? Oh, by the way, did you watch that episode of that show last (laughs) night? Like it's we're we're it it's so fluid that like thank goodness we have each other. That that's like the 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 bottom, bottom, bottom line is my love for Matt. Oh,
1: all right. It's so true though. I mean, even even the other day when we were doing calls for this you know internal hire this technical hire and we were getting opinions of other people like immediately after the phone call we got on a call me and Lauren to debrief and to kind of talk through and whatever and it's like I just can't imagine what I would just be thinking in my own head like it, it's so nice to bounce off of someone else and you know both of us yes we have very similar schools of thought and I know that you're supposed to have like not contradicting but like contrasting you know viewpoints in the workplace and we definitely challenge each other a hundred percent Lauren challenges me more probably than I challenge her
0: <laughs> Which is great, and I love it. I, I disagree. Okay, I, I was like, don't post that TikTok. You're like, this is how it, does, oh. it goes on TikTok. <laughs> She's like, I don't
1: get the trend. I'm like, well, you don't get it. Then <laughs> like, I, I don't know how else it's to fine. tell you. At the end of the day, I go, okay, you're queen of TikTok. Do whatever yeah, you yeah, want. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, that that's true. But I I do think we challenge each other. But ultimately, like, there's a trust that I think we will always be on the same page in terms of the longer vision, the strategy, the, the, yeah, the long-term vision of what we want this to be. We're both in alignment there. So any little things that come up, I think we can voice our opinions that way. But yeah, it's, it's tricky as anything about, you know, putting yourself out on the internet, as I've realized over the past three years, it is, Very raw. It is very difficult. I don't think a a lot of people understand how truly taxing it is emotionally to really put yourself out there. And regardless of if there's no haters, if there's no response, that's also kind of shitty. I think that's even worse. (laughs) That's even worse, in my opinion.
0: It's like landing on yeah, (laughs) it's just cricket.
1: uh, So you know, anyone there? Yeah. And again, I just want to say to anyone who's who's you know thinking about being a forward-facing founder and really you know, nervous about trying to put yourself out there like that, you need to need to need to persevere and push through. I promise you. Lauren and I were doing TikToks for like months before one TikTok finally took off and went like semi-viral. And we got most of our customers and uh, community members from that TikTok. So don't, please do not give up if you're not seeing results right away. It really is about the consistency of showing up and it's tricky. It really, really is. But I think that is, that's what we keep coming back to is we'll find our people if we keep pushing and putting ourselves out there.
2: If you're referring to the breakthrough TikTok that I think you are, I remember the story of that being you were on TikTok and you saw somebody essentially this trend or whatever the format was and you thought to yourself i can do it better and i think a lot of people feel that way but then just leave it at that they don't actually try and you had the conviction to try and say hey i see this format i see this person having success if they're having that success and i believe i can do better i'm gonna try it and i should have better results And And you did.
1: (laughs) it was funny because that moment, actually, I was – I remember when I made that TikTok, I was so burnt out from TikTok. I was like, none of these are hitting. Uh, I don't know what – we keep churning it out. It's very, very time-consuming to do these types of videos every day and this type of content. And it honestly, like, came out of rage. I was just like, ugh, whatever. Let me just do this one and, like, let's see. And that was the one because I was – I think – at this lowest point with TikTok and the relationship. And that's what, that's what will get you, right? You like at the moment you want to give up Throwing and then the you, towel. Yeah. you push through, then, then the results come. So yeah, it was an interesting moment right before I posted that because I was like, I really, I wasn't going to make it cause it was, I, I was so annoyed at the landscape, but yeah, it's just, it just goes to show that you just, you really cannot listen to either the silence or the trolls because, you know, you, yeah. don't want them, you don't want them in the community anyways if they're not understanding what, what we're trying to achieve.
2: Right. The last question I have before we get to rapid fire is I think many entrepreneurs listening to this who are trying to pursue ideas of their own, they would be curious to know how you decide when to take the leap to pursue it full time. And i know maddie you started within the past couple months lauren you're checking in with maddie on a regular basis you're still at your current day job with plans to become full-time in the future how have you worked that out between yourselves and how have you found a system that works for both of you right now
0: we had a moment where we it really was like a come to jesus moment of like well this is this is the time that we jump off the the deep end and really well Maddie and and that we like, but we support each other through this and that we decide to make this work. And it it was a test, I think for us to say our product is ready. We're so scared to put it out there in the universe, but we, we know that this is the next right step. And if we don't take this step right now, we don't know if we will, like it it was, I want to say almost like a make or break. Moment. Yeah. I think what what the
1: tipping point was as Lauren said we had the MVP we were really ready to release it and we knew that someone had to be full time if we were going to release it to the public uh you know in case of bugs in case of major issues. We needed to be able to be responsive to our community and that cannot happen on the side. So really it was, it was always the plan that when the app was fully ready and ready to be distributed, someone needed to be full-time. So it was just so that I, you know, was looking for a new job that I I was looking to move forward. And yes, a test came to us <laughs> and we were like, do we prolong this do we kind of just kind of half-ass this on the side as we pretty much launch like launch yeah. our beta yeah or do we go full in and we decided to full in and it was right. really scary and it was I think an honest moment that we had to have with ourselves but then the moment we were like are we doing this like <laughs> then it got so exciting and honestly I, I there's just absolutely no way i couldn't be full time zero two months. like it, it i don't really even know is. what i was doing before <laughs>
0: like well yeah thinking back we were working evenings weekend like a full day every saturday or sunday was dedicated to camber and even during the pandemic we we're meeting outside we're like we're gonna keep working through this like we're gonna be safe but yeah it, it was the time And we were actually presented with this test of of maddie you know it was a true crossroads of like was she gonna go full-time or not and that was the moment where like we were like we're doing this and we're very committed double down moment
2: you inspired one last question for me sorry one last question before we get to rapid fire which is there have been so many things you've had to figure out fortunately one of the things that you were able to to kind of move through fairly quickly was the funding part of it How did you decide that you wanted to tap into your own money, which you had enough to move forward with the business versus taking outside money? Because I feel like every time I check the news, there's a new business being, you know, bragging or being praised for raising a ton of venture money in their series, A, B, C, whatever they're raising, whatever round they're raising money for. And I think there's, you know, appropriate praise to be given for sure. But I also think the ancillary result is that we overlook the fact that there's also merit in being able to sustain a business without taking outside money and we we don't often consider whoa what are the limitations that come with taking other people's money i think we just assume like oh it's free money like this company got a hundred million dollars in their series whatever they're just free money and no and like no there are strings attached and there are things they're accountable for um so how did you decide like okay I can tap into the money we have or as many people do, they say, I have the money, but I don't want to put it up or I don't want to be the main funder of this. I'm going to get outside money for this. How did you make that decision?
1: Well, I think, one, we were obviously very fortunate to have resources and have access to friends and family fund. And we talked about this. And yes, there is definitely a glorification of raising money and you know being that person in TechCrunch where you're like it's oh my god we raised this much money and what we began to realize was yes we could have gone that route but if we didn't have to and look many many people have to and have to give up large portions of their company and large portions of control. So we feel extremely fortunate that we even had that option not to go that route. Yes, it's weird because it is kind of desirable and it's, you know, it's sexy and everyone, you know, it's like this path that people think that you're supposed to go on. But honestly, we wanted full control. We wanted full agency over what we were doing and what we were building it would have been really difficult for us uh, to find the perfect partner and we would have wanted to be very, very picky. And sometimes with VC money, you know, they throw at least even they throw too much at you or you don't find the right partner. And then God forbid down the line, it's just not a great fit. And there's you're tied up with other, you know, so I think we just realize like we don't want that, that level or look, we might, have to take funding in the in the future that's probably nothing stopping
0: us yeah right doing it in the future i think where we found ourselves in this such a fortunate fortunate position was starting out we could take on this financial step ourselves and really like give this our all and give it a go and make sure this thing has legs before we go take on additional outside funds from and have like the, the other strings attached that go along with that as you're talking about then. So that's something that we just don't take for granted that we are able to be totally in control of this and know when it's going to be the best time to go seek outside funds and, and you know, eventually go the institutional funding route and get the right up. But like to start out, we've had many, many discussions that that's, that was not the route that we wanted to go out of the gate.
1: A lot of VC and and funding methods, they actually won't fund anything until you have an MVP, until you have that initial product to show them because some people don't really invest in ideas. They invest, one, in the people that are building them, but they invest in like that you've really thought about this, you've actually executed on it, and then they will raise. So we knew that even if before we went to any funding solution, like we would have to build some semblance of what we were thinking of to then show, be like, hey, this is legit. Like this is not just an idea in our head. This is an actual tangible thing. And then honestly, yes, there's a lot of things that are attractive about having either even angel investors and having them on your side, the amount of resources and networks that open up to you are really attractive to us. So I think that is something as we scale, definitely we want to dip our toes in because it will allow us so much more access to, especially in the technical world. Like I was mentioning us trying to hire someone technically, like that would have been so much easier if we had, you know, an angel investor that was like, hey, here's like my top, talent like go work for them you know what i mean so it's it's gonna be so nice when we find that partner that really helps us grow to the next level but for now uh yeah we've been so fortunate to, to keep it our baby
2: awesome well i think we've gotten a really good master class in the building of a beta app this has been a real treat it's been really cool i hope i hope people listening if there are people out there who are thinking about an app or maybe in the process of building one Take some value because this has been, even as somebody not building an app, very cool, very informative. So we'll go now to rapid fire and we'll start with Lauren, who would you like to play you in a movie about your life?
1: Well, we have an answer to this because we.
0: Natty.
2: Oh, you guys, Did you guys take this from me. Did you guys take this from me? No, we don't. No,
0: we don't. I mean, no, we didn't. But fine, go go for it, and then I'll say my other answer. Okay. So
1: <laughs> everyone on TikTok when we went viral said that Lauren looks like Kate Walsh from Grey's Anatomy, and then everyone said that I look like. Scotty, Scotty? Was that her name? From Schitt's Creek. No. Stevie. Stevie. Sorry, Scotty. Stevie from Schitt's Creek. Emily Hampshire, I think her name is, which I had never put two and two together, but I kept getting those comments constantly so that we made a little TikTok like making fun of that and saying that we were Kate Walsh and and (laughs) (laughs) Emily Hampshire.
0: But okay, who who are you going to say? Okay, but I was going to say is Reese Witherspoon. She's not tall enough, but I think, I
2: think she could be up to it. <laughs> on what? Reese Witherspoon on stilts is your answer. Okay. Yes. <laughs> Maddie, what about you? Reese
0: Witherspoon's quite short, Mads. Yeah. I know. That's why I'm confused why she would play um, you. Because Legally Blonde is my ultimate oh, yeah, favorite love... movie. So yeah, yeah, yeah. obviously Elle Woods, Lauren Wolfen, you know. Same
1: thing. <laughs> Honestly, I, I, I mean, who's like a typical Jewish girl? <laughs> Abby Jacobson. Okay. <laughs> I was gonna say like Anne hathor Oh, no! no. I'm not that elegant.
2: <laughs> I could
1: see
0: it. She could tap into her silly side. Okay, all right.
2: Um, and where's a place you haven't been to yet that you hope to visit?
0: Um, I have two. Southeast Asia. I want to do like a big trip there and visit lots of places: Thailand, Vietnam, and also Greece is high on my list. I have
1: a basic bitch answer, which is Santorini and Positano. Yeah. And then my other normal cool girl answer is Japan.
2: And we have a playlist where we add each of our guest song recommendations of a song they're jamming to right now or like a historical historically a go to jam for them. What's a song you like to jam to?
0: So right now, Lord Solar Power is my my go to. I would suggest that for for like what's of the moment. If you want old ones, we we can go into that. No, that's good. That's great. We're going to add that. We'll
2: add that to the playlist. That's That's the current one. All right.
0: I'm going to say a recent one
1: that I discovered that I really love. It's called Blind by Role Model. He is Emma Chamberlain's boyfriend. And actually, I don't know if they're still dating, but let's just say they are because this song is written about her and it is great. It's all over the TikToks. So we enjoy it. All right. We'll add that to the
2: playlist for you. Okay. Lastly, where can people check out your work? Keep up with you on social media, plug all the things there are to plug.
0: Okay. I think the most important resource that we can offer is that everyone needs to go to camberapp.com. So C-A-M-B-E-R-A-P-P.com. And then all of our social links are there, including the link to download our beta app. And we would love it if everyone would download the beta app. It's not closed just because we reached our user goal um but on tiktok and instagram we are at camber amazing well. is there a
2: geneva plug or people can do that on camber app
0: yes on our website you can find our
1: geneva home so that will be where our community basically lives you can chat with us give us beta feedback we also you know post really fun memes and polls and stuff and it's it's a good time yeah.
2: amazing and if you're curious about the podcast you can check us out on instagram at Pod. Lauren and Maddie, thank you both so much. This was a real treat.
1: Thank you, Ben. This
0: was incredible.
2: I hope you found value in today's conversation. If you still haven't left your review for How Do You Do Podcast, I'm going to walk you through the process right now, and it only takes 10 seconds. First, look at your phone screen and click where it says, How Do You Do Podcast, which is in purple. And if you're not seeing this, then you're probably listening to this on a different app. So I want you to click on where it says, Listen on Apple Podcasts, And then you'll see the purple link. Click that. Then you'll just scroll past all the previous episodes to where it says ratings and reviews. And all you need to do is tap the star on the far right and you've left a five-star rating. I thank you in advance for taking the 10 seconds to do that. And I really, truly appreciate you listening to this episode. Thanks for sharing it with your friends and followers. And I'll see you back here next week.